Ace Podcast. I'm looking for the warm side of the door where the fire's bright and it's burning every night. Wait a second. That song's not even in this movie. You're right. Carpet day. Huh? No. <laughs> Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few. Bloody Black Rum Podcast here with the Festivus series with holiday classics like Krampus, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, and more. Tune in all this December for your favorites. Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum Podcast. I'm Ryan from the moonisdeadworld.net. I'm joined with my partner in crime, Martin. How's it going? And uh, we're back with our Festivus series. Continuing that all this December uh, doesn't even mean that it's going to be completely for Christmas because I think we're going to run over with one movie, the surprise movie that we haven't actually announced yet. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to run over a little bit, but not a big deal. We did that with Halloween as well. We like to keep the seasons going. Let it run, in, you know, like overtime. That's right. Yeah. Keep more, going. More bang for your buck. Absolutely. Why not? No one's paying for this, by the way. um but uh as you may have heard at the beginning of our podcast in our minute and a half introduction right at the beginning uh is a new promo because we joined the ace podcast network we did so we are now a what are you saying that like you had no you had no involvement whatsoever it was me on the back end be like "Mm -hmm, we want to join we want to join and you'd be like yeah sure that's fine whatever you had no involvement (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, we joined the Ace Podcast Network. Um, it's a great group of podcasts, and um, we're definitely proud to be a part of them. And uh, we really appreciate them wanting us in our network. So uh, thank you for that. And so you'll continue to hear that clip at the beginning of our podcast because we want to promote other podcasts in that network. So it's a great way to kind of get your feet wet with different podcasts and, and meet new people and, and everything else. So. Find something that you didn't know you like. Or? That's right. Yeah, because there's a lot of different things in that in that podcast network. Not just like us with movies and stuff, but uh, but a lot of different things. So um, definitely, I encourage you to check it out. Just uh, you know, just search for Ace Podcast Network. They'll pop up, and you'll see us, but but a lot of other people as well who who do some great podcasts. Yeah, but you, there's a podcast now for everything. Yeah, doesn't exactly. matter doesn't matter what your interests are. If you're into cooking, you know, oh, probably yeah. be podcast talking about cooking and new yeah. recipes. Movies and TV, that's always big. Mm. Video games, anime. Sex. Sex, Sex podcasts. Wrestling. Wrestling. You're a big fan of the wrestling, connoisseur of the wrestling podcast. Yeah, I do like... Do you like my wrestling podcast? Yeah. They're, they're entertaining to listen to and informative. Uh, I know there's ones like uh, Christmas Memories. 
because we're coming up on the Christmas season, we're in Festivus. Um, Christmas memories is a is one I know that's that someone runs, and it's kind of cool. Like people share their Christmas memories and in podcast form. So get you in the spirit. You can't get enough of it on the radio. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Delilah and stuff in our area. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So so uh, just to let you know, we joined the pod- the Ace Podcast Network. We're really excited to be there. Uh, and definitely check them out. Check out all the other podcasts that are a part of us. And I'm sure we'll be throwing out like specific shout outs in the coming episodes to uh, specific podcasts who are a part of that network. So appreciate being here. Hope you'll check them out. Uh, anyway, today's episode is for Silent Night, Deadly Night, part two. A doozy. A doozy of a film. Certainly a gem of the 80s. That's for sure. Especially the late 80s. <laughs> the late 80s. Absolutely. Uh, last year we did the first one, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, first time Martin had seen it. And he... I mean, I wouldn't say that he enjoyed You enjoyed it, right? You know, to be honest with you, because I haven't listened to our review of the film, I feel like now I have like a much different view on that film. A more appreciative tone? Yeah, in yeah. my head compared to probably then like when I was reviewed it, I was probably like, hey, I... Like I said, I don't remember what I gave it, but it's probably like, it's a four. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I remember, and just to be clear, like, we don't, you know, after we record and stuff, we don't generally go back to listen to much of our podcast episodes. You know, it's kind of like an actor who says, like, you know, I, yeah, I shot the film, I'm they not, put it together, yeah. and I didn't watch it. You know, I haven't I haven't seen the film. We're, we're the same way. We have We don't really have a reason to revisit our podcasts, except if we want to hear, like, specific thoughts that we had at the time. But yeah. I, 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 I'm... Except for, like, me listening for quality standpoint, mm-hmm. I, I don't really go back and listen to the old one. So, I honestly don't... Re- it's been a year. I honestly don't remember what you said. Yeah. Uh, I know that you weren't, like, super favorable on it. I know I didn't hate it, though. That was, like, probably so. one of the... Because that was, like, episode 12, I think. Now I gotta go back and look like I always do, like <laughs> a, a gatekeeper here. Um, but I, th- I feel like that was episode 12 or something like that. And we were kind of just starting out, so that was probably one of the worst movies that we've we had watched so far. At that um, point, yeah. And I say worse in, um, you know, from a standpoint like a lot of the other films we had watched were kind of major films, uh, major theatrical films, like we did Terminator Salvation, which was, or not Salvation, not Terminator Salvation, um, Terminator Genesis. Genesis. It's so bad you don't want to. <laughs> That's right. I don't, don't want to remember, remember it. Um, I remember that one. Episode clearly. 13 was Silent Night, Deadly Night. So way back, way back when, um, not quite a year yet. Um, I think we did it in November, but, uh, so, you know, we were, we kind of, we hadn't done that many like quote unquote bad movies. So that was probably the worst. And then we watched My Bloody Valentine, the remake, which was probably at that time, one of your least favorite movies that we had seen. And then we did Leprechaun, and then we did an onslaught of bad movies that was, you know, difficult to get through. And so, I think that you have a, a better, you know, a fondness now for it rather than where you were, once were. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I the nostalgia is like. Yeah, I feel like maybe you know you're thinking back on it, and you're a little bit fonder than where you were. And that's, you know, I think that's a lot of things that happen with, with cult films like that. Uh, certainly Silent Night, Deadly Night, which is a cult film in its own right. Um, it has to be if it's somehow got five sequels. It does have five sequels. (laughs) And five sequels plus a remake called just Silent Night. So, but it, 
and it's you know it it has an, another remake, and that remake is titled Silent Night Deadly Night Part Two, which is what <laughs> we're covering today because Silent Night Deadly Night Two is basically a recap of the first film with some added scenes in between to like give it a framing scenario. You know, it, it it's it uses a lot of the scene. I would say almost forty five minutes worth of scenes from the first film. So at least. At least half an hour. At least half an hour. Yeah, when you count the framing yeah. scenes and like going back to the to the actual storyline for this for the film itself. Um, yeah, at least half an hour. And it, you know, it, it's a it's a pretty solid synopsis of the first film. You know, it does a good job of cutting out all that filler until you get to the <laughs> meat of Silent Night Deadly Night. Uh, but at the same time, that doesn't leave a lot of room for Silent Night Deadly Night two to branch off and do its own thing. Um, I don't think they wanted to do it. Yeah, not really. I think that for whatever reason, the idea was, hey, you know, let's take Silent Night, Deadly Night and just kind of redo it again, you know, with this, with just re-edit it a little bit. I don't really know what the point of that would be. Money. Yeah, I mean, money for (laughs) sure. But, but other than that, well, especially, especially because again, at least 30 minutes, this is film is under an hour and a half. At least thirty minutes of this film is recap footage. Yeah. So it's it's this and then this film came out only three years after the first film. So that whole recap is basically totally unnecessary. Who is gonna go see Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two? Probably people who saw the first one. Most likely. No one's. You're not. I don't think you're gonna captivate. You know. At the same time, though, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Part one had a lot of backlash against it because of its whole Killer Santa thing, and it was really unaccepted by like lots of parents. Which, in general, Silent Night Deadly Night's rated R. Generally, parents and stuff are are gonna not be taking their kids to go see a Killer Santa Claus movie. But anyway, it had a lot of backlash. You know, they didn't want this uh, classic character Santa Claus <laughs> to be tainted. By a film that was going to basically put him into a lot of horrible scenarios. So, I can kind of see why Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 might return to the first film with the recaps. Because maybe some people happen to miss it, but they were interested in this next one that came out. Or, you know, I don't know. I I really don't know. I'm trying to give excuses for doing it. Yeah, but see, that would be like if... When they made a Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. it did okay, but you know, on like VHS, it did great because you know people are like, "Wow, you know, Freddy Krueger, yeah, so cool," and that would be like, "Okay, we're gonna make the second one." Wes is like, "All right, we're gonna make an hour and a half long film, forty five minutes of it. It's just gonna be the first film. Right. We don't have to really reshoot anything." Yeah, well, yeah, I think that may be part of it. Is that hey, you know, we want to make another film, but we don't really have any money to. <laughs> to do a lot with this. So we have to kind of make the money that we do have go the distance. And it, I, that might be part of it. It's not the only film to offer up a lot of recap shots. Uh, you know, like, like an extensive amount of recap, <clears throat> excuse me, recap within the film itself, but then, you know, kind of do something a little bit different too. But it's, it is, I mean, you got to admit, it's a weird idea <laughs> to take the original film and, and, you know, cut it down into little bite-sized chunks yeah, of synopsis. No, it's not something that I can say that I, I'm for. No, I, no. I, 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 yeah. I, 
I think that probably one no matter no matter what the reasons are, I, yeah. I can't say like oh we need to stretch it out or whatever. It's like well if you don't have enough original stuff and money to make a film, <laughs> then you, no, don't go for then it. Then don't fucking do it. <laughs> don't, you know, don't wait. Don't waste your time. Yeah. Be like no, I I agree. It's put a, that energy to something better. Should it? They should have went with something else, maybe. Um, or somehow managed to stretch it out to like an hour ten. Yeah, even just a little bit longer than a, you know, like, like a black and white classic would have yeah. been okay. Because there, it's not. You More know, movies are expected to go long to begin with, anyway. Right. I mean, it's not generally accepted, but there are certain films that do only break like seventy-eight minutes, something like that. And well, it's not standard now, but like in the it is it no like in yeah. the fifties though. Yeah. With all, especially with all the sci-fi, you know. Yeah, it was a, it was more common in. Just think, like, just think like them. I think them is only you're right, like seventy-eight minutes. Yeah, something like that. And not only that, it, like films back then too, they didn't have like these nice little conclusions. Like there's a film just ends. Yeah. Like oh, you know, they're just like yeah, that's it. We won. Yeah. Then the end. Yeah. yeah. And cue the music and you, you don't get no fade clo- out. You don't get no closure. <laughs> no, but but, but uh, if we didn't and if we didn't you know, want to recap, we never would have ended up with the crazy satisfying Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, which is not a completely good movie, but it is a very (laughs) hilarious movie. (laughs) It it is uh, super unintentionally funny. Uh, We'll get to that in a second, but first I want to take a little break and talk about the stuff that we're drinking today, because we do have something new on the show, something that we've been talking about. And that it's, it's new in, in, in that we haven't had this particular beer, but we've had others in the series before. So it's it's exciting because we're continuing the the legacy of the tradi- Blood Black Rum Pocket. Yeah, the tradition, the tr- a tradition like n- none other. <laughs> <laughs> we're the Trans Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And the Rockettes. Holiday references for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you brought it, so you tell it. So I was finally able to get my hands on uh, a beer we've actually talked about quite a bit on the podcast. Um, I was a- I recently looked online again for like the millionth time to check and see if anyone local around here was selling Genesee's Pilot Batch Winter Warmer, and it just so happened the other day when I checked a store not that far from here was actually selling it. So I dropped by and bought a four pack of it. Been it only really, comes in a four pack, right? Yeah, it's only a, it. yeah. Uh, it's only a four pack. Um, and I do like for the most part most of the pilot batch series. I do like yeah. Um, the really IPA, so far. the IPA, I really liked. Um, Scotch ale, I really like the caramel, the salted caramel porter is yeah. delicious. I love that. Oktoberfest. That's not part. Oh, of that's the, not the brew fest or the brew pilot uh, batch though. Um, the beer has pilot batch. It's not part of that, but still was good this year. And we had the double bock, which we double bock was with, okay. We thought it was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah me. that one was okay. Um, but today we got the winter warmer. Yep. And it's a nine percent alcohol beer. Mm-hmm. It, heavy on the warming side. That's the point. You know they're supposed to keep you toasty. That's right. That's um, right. It's in the southern tier Krampus range of yeah, it is. Heavy. But you, but unlike the Krampus, you don't really. I don't really like get that big of an alcohol. No, not really. No, not taste, a super heavy taste alcohol it. taste. Because um, of the Krampus, you did. You noticed <clears throat> yeah. that. You noticed that nine percent. It wasn't off putting though, but you you did notice yeah. it. And this, you don't notice it really at all. Um, it's a multi caramely beer. Mm-hmm. 
Which, to be honest with you, I don't really know. Maybe it's because around here, for and you would probably agree too, a winter warmer is something you don't really associate with like caramel. Yeah. And, I mean, you do like a little bit malty, but not like the kind of maltiness that this beer has. Yeah. And not only do you like, you, but you do associate a maltiness to it. But not only that, you also think like cinnamon, nutmeg. But not so much that it's kind of like a fruity beer, but it's like a spicy. Yeah. And But the malts, if, because they're usually heavier, and you get that nice balance between the spice and the malt, and it makes a warm feeling beer. Yep. Winter warmer. Oh, yeah. Again, the Jenny Winter Warmer, on the other hand, is somewhat malty, but not really kind of like a maltiness that I would associate with. Yeah, it's not super malty. It's, uh, they do say that there's a uh, hop balance in here with the noble hops, but I can't say that I, I don't get notice a huge the, I don't notice the hop hops balance at all. at all, really. I don't notice the hops yeah. at all. The caramel I do, but also they do say that the they do have hints of raisin in there. And just like the double bock, you notice it. Mm-hmm. And if you're like me and you hate raisins, it's very off-putting. And especially at the end of when, when yeah. you're taking a sip and it hits your palate, the very end of the beer is very raisiny. And I do not like that at all. I'm actually... and, that ma- and, and to be honest with you, that it really makes me sad because like, this could be such a good beer. But instead they went like and made, took the double bock and then just amped up the alcohol on it mm-hmm. and amped up the maltiness a little bit. I'm at the end of this beer right now, and it it is very what I would call cloying because of the raisin flavor and the sweetness to it. Especially at the end, you you're getting a lot of that in the last few swigs, and it it's cloying. Mm. It it really, like you said, you didn't even go on. You know, it's only a four pack, and you didn't even go on to your second one because it I'll was a little it. bit too too yeah. much at one time. And that's I I kind of get it. Because at nine percent, it's really not meant to be a pound. You know, yeah, yeah, like you know, you know, drink one after the other. You're not supposed to go through all four at a time. It should time. be a nice, it's nice, you know, after like a nice like roast it, beef. It's, and- it's almost like yeah, you sit down with a glass in hand by the fireplace. I'm thinking of one of those glasses with a stem on the bottom, mm-hmm, so you, yeah. you kind of have it swirling in your hand like and a brandy, you, and you can have it, yeah. you know, like it's like the floral notes, right? Because it is kind of like um like what you would expect from like a holiday brandy or like a mold something like a mold cider that is very much like you're getting the sweetness. It's it's heavy. It's a heavier beer. You're get it's a a bit more complex. Uh, the raisin notes do add a, a bit of complexity to it, and you are kind of enjoying it slowly because this is not a beer that you're gonna go through quickly. I've been drinking mine through pretty much the entire film and still finish like finishing it now because it's not something that you can really get through very fast. Nor do you really want to. No. The only reason I I kind of finish mine quicker, I finish mine in like forty five minutes, um, is because by the end of it I was hitting like. Especially at the very end of that beer is getting yeah a lot of those raisin notes. Yep. I I just like I didn't want to sit it on my tongue and you know my palate. So I was just like, yep. It's I'm okay with the raisin. I won't say that it's my favorite in a beer. And uh, like with the double bock, I was okay with it as well. This has a very similar flavor to the double bock. I mean, yeah, no, it is. And I think part of my problem too with the double bock is Jenny Bock, regular Jenny Bock. I love. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite specialty beers that they do. 
And it only comes out literally from like late January to early March. Yeah. It's all it's out for. So you like have to stock up on it. It's like the Oktoberfest this yeah. year. It's like it's out for like a month and a half, if that stock up. Um and the double and I love their box so much, but the their box really isn't it's good. I like it a lot, but it's not really a box. It's yeah. not it's light. It's a it's a light box. It's not you know, it's not you're not gonna like if you like box and you drink it, you're not gonna be like, wow, that's you know, very <clears throat> reminiscent yeah. of it. So when I with that in mind, I drink through double box, which I never really I haven't really drank a lot of double box. Um so I I don't really know how they're supposed to taste and come off. So after tr- you know trying that and thinking back to like a normal Jenny box, it's, it was you know very disappointing and sad and yeah again because it's like if you double the regular Jenny box, I would not come to the conclusion of right <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> I don't know I mean I I like this winter warmer I think it's pretty good you definitely feel I'm feeling warm after the one definitely nine percent um. But like I said, it's cloying. Um, you know, it gets really sweet after a while, especially towards the end of that beer. I definitely felt it at the end of the beer. Um, and, uh, you know, I really wish they would have toned back on the sort of fruity, raisiny notes to it. And maybe a little bit less of that of the caramel. Uh, and make it a little bit more spicy rather than yeah. sweet. Um, and I think that would be a real knockout hit. Uh, this isn't their first batch of this beer. They've had it around for a little while. It's at least been around from what I've seen since 2014. Not that we've found it before. No, we didn't. But, um, it has been around for a little while, so I don't know if they've changed the recipe up at all, but, but, um, from what we've had this year, definitely just a little bit too much sweetness for me in that you're not going to be able to, to drink a lot of it at one time. So, I mean, not, not disappointing by any means uh i'm, I'm not, slightly disappointed you're sli- yeah i mean yeah, i know you're looking forward to it um i mean i think it's pretty good but uh would i go out of my way to buy a four pack again probably i mean i didn't buy it you did but no, would i, I go out of my way to get it it was next ten, time it was 10 50 yeah for the... uh probably not probably not i would rather go for this salted caramel chocolate bar. right Right now. Which which is also out, isn't it? Yeah, it's also out. Yeah. And they, you know, put it out during the winter season two. Mm-hmm. Um and that I love. And I, I would definitely buy that constantly because it's so good. And it's like to me that is like the like a picturesque winter beer. Yeah. Um I guess I could say my disappointment in this is more just because of style, right? Uh, the you know, style overall. It, the tape the notes in it, it's just something that I don't care for. I didn't. I didn't really read up too much, and that's part of my problem. I was gonna buy it regardless, but I didn't really look up to find out like uh, what kind of you know how it tastes because I wanted to go in kind of blind. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, this is what it is. Yeah. 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 And we've tried another one. Yeah. And I can add the bottle to my collection. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, now I just gotta try like the pill fi- somewhere find the pilsner and the alt beer. So if anybody's listening out there and you have access to either of those, you let us know. I think the nearest place that sells it is like out like t- like twenty five miles it's away. Gonna, yeah, I mean it's probably gonna be out there towards Rochester. No, it's out. No, the alt beer and the pilsner is only twenty five miles away, like out in the middle of butt fuck nowhere though. Uh-huh. It's like out in Dodgeville. Yeah, but still going towards Rochester. Yeah. So, I mean, I can, I, as you get closer and closer, I'm sure you're going to find more 
that have yeah. it in that area. So, yeah, but Dalsho's not that far. So, I mean, if you ever needed to go, like, sometimes I go out around there for certain things. You know, I've been out there for concerts and things. We even went up to Herkimer one time for Selena's uh, graduation. Not that we go there anymore, but, I mean, obviously, we do go out there at some point. So, it's possible we would find it. But recently, get old Milwaukee while you're out there, too. There you go. Might as well come make it a trip for beer. It's like it's like uh, the, the Utes would do back in like the seventies and eighties, like cross the Canadian border to you know <laughs> to get some you know good Canadian beer and then get come stuff back. that you haven't had before. Can't do that anymore though. I've been saying that I want to join a beer of the month club. Well, I don't so, have that kind of money. Well, I know it's expensive, but <laughs> that's like know. the bacon. I want to join the bacon club like of the month. That, like you get like fucking <laughs> no, that's that's outrageous. Bacon and shit, but it's like seventy dollars yeah, a month. No, that's outrageous. But, like, with the Beer of the Month Club, what we need is our subscribers and supporters to chip in <laughs> some money so that we can get this stuff for the for the show. Otherwise, we're going to run dry pretty soon. Oh, God. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, I We do appreciate anybody who would like to support our beer addiction, <laughs> but... I guarantee... See, um, I can almost certainly guarantee there's podcasts and videos and YouTubers and shit out there. That would do that. Like, oh, if you could help support, you know. Well, and, pe- and and people do because, you know, people like them that much. But, God, I would never <laughs> be able to. Ex- I'd be like, no, take your money. Don't be foolish. Well, uh, Dread Central, the horror website, is actually going for a, a pay-for-service, uh, pu- like, PBS almost, like public. Uh, Broadcasting. Well, yeah, you know, but public sponsorship of it. Um, they, that's, they, they've, they've found out that they are, uh running out of money from like advertising and so they are going for this public approach to you know publishing where they have a patreon and you contribute a dollar a month or twelve dollars a year for it and funding to me is just too much like i that's way that's a lot of responsibility well see here's the thing with dread central uh which we'll get into quickly before we do our actual but i was gonna say before you like say that like like that's like the whole thing with like patreon and all that yeah like one I think for like a Patreon to be successful, you have to be pretty successful to begin with. Yeah, you got. You, you, you have to have a fan. You can't start off right, and at, and you've had to have a little bit of startup money to get there too. And not and two, not only that, I think that's where it's, you're becoming more. It's like that has to become your job. It is, yeah, because I mean, people yeah. are paying literally a service to keep you know well, to fund your computers and all this other you know your yeah, office and all this other shit, and then it's. If you yeah, if you have a Patreon, then you better be posting on Content. your schedule. On your schedule, yeah. you know what I mean. Like we are weekly, and sometimes we get off our schedule if if for some reason something happens. But we try to be weekly. But we're free, goddamn it. That's right, we're <laughs> free, and you listen to it because you're it's free. But um, yeah, with those, you know, that is your job. You are now an entertainment vessel, really, and you're you're in the same boat as like people who are doing television shows, really. People are expecting you to produce good content all the time. And, and I think it's even more grueling and demanding, though, than, like, say, TV or whatever. Because, really, especially if you're, like, like, a YouTuber, there's no break. Yeah, yeah. You're literally... Right. Podcasts can at least take a break. They can do seasons like TV uh, for production. Yeah, but you, YouTube, people are expecting, like, hey, you know... Yeah, I want you to post, like, every a video, day. Yeah, a video a day. Yeah, or... yeah it is tough. And I, I tried to do the whole YouTube thing for a little while with uh, Moon is Dead World.net, where I would do, you know, 
written reviews, but also do like a video review. And it, it's very time consuming. It's very difficult to do like a video a day or, or anything like that. I, I totally feel for people who do do the YouTube thing. And if they make money on it, that is awesome for them. But I realized that the amount of work that had to go into it to get that far for one thing, and then the amount of work that it takes to maintain it too. Um, but with Patreon, we have a Patreon. I don't think no one contributes, which we don't expect anybody to contribute anyway. It's just there if, if you want to. But um, we have a Patreon. But I really see with Judge Central, I really don't see this working out in anybody's favor. Uh, I haven't really been too outspoken about this because I do know that some of the people that I have as as friends that write in the horror field, they do write for Dread Central. Um, and I, I do feel bad. I don't want Dread Central to go under because I, these people are good writers and I don't want them to be suffering. But at the same time, I do think that Dread Central has done this to themselves a little bit with the clickbaity approach to articles, which is not just it like with them. But with with everybody in general, it's it's getting to be a fucking... It's on my, literally, like, on, like, the front page of Yahoo. Like, I just, like, log on to, like, Firefox. Front page Yahoo. It's like, you're not gonna believe what Soleil Moonfry looks like now. It's like, why is that, like, why is that on here? Like, you know you're in trouble when, like, the weather.com website is posting, like, you'll never believe what this tornado did to this family. It's like, what did they, what did it do? Bend them over and rake them in the ass or something. I don't know. I'll never believe it. But yeah, you know. They, oh, you mean destroy, like, destroyed their trailer? Yeah, yeah you know yeah. that. I, wow. I, I, I believe. I that. believe it. But uh, you know, that's the thing. They they've done it to themselves, and it's not just them. I'm not like I'm not totally blaming them, but they did they did it to themselves with that and with posting intrusive ads, and people stopped looking at that stuff. Plus, there's other free areas. Plus, small bloggers like me, which people should really be going. I'm going to say it. People should really be going to them instead of the bigger sites because I all the time see Bloody Disgusting or uh, Dread Central posting reviews and it's basically like, this is pretty pretty damn good. You should get it. And that's the review for like every single film. It's like, really? You thought every single film that you reviewed was awesome? I, it, it's just, it's becoming like a sort of, sort of an untrustworthy area. And so... I hope, I sincerely hope that with Dread Central going to a more subscription-based population, that they they start to do away with their clickbaity articles, that it works out for them, and that everybody's happy. Horror fans are happy to see that, you know, they're getting really good content. But in the long run, I think what we're going to see is that now Dread Central has a Patreon account where lots of subscribers have signed up. They're also running ads. Maybe not so intrusive, but on the background where you don't really notice them, but they're there. So they're making money off of that too. And then you're also going to get like affiliate fees, like with Amazon, where they can, you know, try to, you know, sell, use their Amazon affiliates account to make money with that. And then you're also going to uh, have those clickbaity articles. Those aren't going away, I don't think. You know, for people, no. for, for sites that are trying to make money, those aren't going away. And it's really sad. It sucks. Uh, but I think that's what we're going to end up seeing with this. And I, I don't want it to happen, but it is what it is. And like I said, that's pro- that's an unpopular opinion. I know a lot of people are supporting Dread Central in this. And I really do hope it works and that it's a model for things to come for online writing. But I don't think it will. So that's all, that's all I got to say on that soapbox. But uh, let's move into Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 and get a little bit lighter. A little campier. That's right. That's right. So, you've never seen Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Nope. Uh, it was your first experience with it. Uh, I have seen it before. I saw it one time before. Um, watched it, like, on YouTube or something, I remember. And uh, I just knew that we had to do it because it's 
not a good film at all. It's really not. But it is a, a fun film in the fact that it's really, really bad, and it makes you laugh. It, it, it's hysterical. It's great. Um, and part of that is is obviously what we talked about before, which is the, the recaps, which are totally unnecessary. I mean, the whole setup for Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is that Ricky, who is the brother of Billy from the previous film, uh, is now in a, in a mental hospital. And he's being interviewed by a doctor who wants to get to the bottom of his psychosis, uh, Dr. Bloom. And uh, so the framing story here is that Ricky is telling the story of all the things that led to him going nuts. And it happens, for whatever reason, to start with Billy. When and he went nuts. When he went nuts. And so the whole thing really, first of all, doesn't make sense because Ricky is telling us things that he could not have known because he didn't follow Billy in the first film when he like went off to do his job. He was not there for that. <laughs> What, what what he's telling us is things that he must have heard from somebody else because he could not have known them. So that whole thing, you know, it just doesn't make sense. But at the same time, it's a really unnecessary process. We don't need to know any of that backstory about Billy to really get to where Ricky is. Well, you can get a little bit. A little bit. But you don't need, the, like, literally, the last film played for you. No. <laughs> like, the only thing you really need are the boobs from the last film. <laughs> and uh, and then you know that ending scene in Sunday Night Deadly Night where Ricky witnesses his brother killed right in front of him as says, Santa Claus, and it says naughty. Yeah, it's not like none of the other stuff makes one bit of difference. It doesn't matter. They they just wanted to get the the all of the blood and gore in for one thing. They wanted to get the nudity in there. Um, for some strange reason, most of Linnea Quigley's scene is cut. You do see a, a little bit of her boobs bouncing around. But it's surprising because most of that scene is really chopped out. Uh, the scene where, you know, Santa is about to rape her and rips her shirt off and everything. And then but, it's just like, fuck, I'm going to slit her throat and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I've got to imagine that Linnea Quigley was like, no, I really don't give you consent to use that <laughs> footage. Like, you can use me screaming and getting killed and stuff, but I'm, you know, I'm not really into you using my boobs in this film, too. And I think they got away with it a little bit. I think, like, they, they there was a, a little flash of her boobs, and so maybe that was, like, a thing they could do. Like, you, you can do a quick flash of it, people will notice. Maybe Linnea won't notice, but <laughs> people can at least see the boobs. But it's just a weird, it was a weird decision. I'm I'm thinking it had to do with that, with her not giving consent, but... Um, Wasn't she showing her boobs in other films? Oh yeah, tons of films. But maybe this, this one's not. Maybe this. I this mean, maybe she didn't get paid. I was like, this one's just not respectable. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm thinking maybe she didn't get paid for this one, like she did for the other ones. So. Well, then wouldn't they have to pay her for use of the prior film? Um, yeah, but probably not as much as you being in the film. Because you know that, because I, mean? I was to say, because that's like with Superman one, Superman two, like they had to pay Marlon Brando a shit ton of money to. Well, he's able- also Marlon Brando. So, and she's the name quickly. No, yeah, not at the time though. I mean, <laughs> I'm thinking that they probably just didn't pay a lot for use of that. I imagine. I imagine yeah. that people got paid a ham sandwich. Like, <laughs> like if you're like the, the poor guy that like came out of his house, like, what the hell's going on out here? You probably like, 
Hey, you, you want to be in the movie? No. We'll give you a case of beer and a ham sandwich. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that sounds yeah, good. And that was it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, like I said, the, the whole recap part of this, which takes up at least 30 minutes of the film, totally unnecessary. Unless, for <laughs> some reason, you were going into this film and you were like, Man, I really wish I saw De- Silent Night, Deadly Night one before I got to this. <laughs> That's the only, only demographic that this is catered to. And not only that, they don't even play Warm Side of the Door again. Oh, I know. That's so the most missed, disappointing part. So they mi- they missed, missed on the best part of the first film. Because if they played that in this film, then people would run out to their local VHS store. And to, buy the first. To pick up the first one. And not only like, that. I've got to see that in only, context. Not only that. <laughs> they would run to their local record store and buy a cassette of the Silent Night, Deadly Night soundtrack. That's right. That's right. I know I would have. I, w- I would have been whistling it all the way <laughs> and singing it like, The warm side of the door. That's why we had to use it again for an opening. It's fucking great. It is great. I still love it. I, it literally pops in my head at least once a week. At least, like, probably when you're doing work. Yeah. Like, I wish someone would nod at me that way while I'm at work. So great. <laughs> oh, this picture's slightly crooked, and he fixed it. Yeah. Great job. Great job, he, Billy. He's a great kid. <laughs> no, so, all right, so <laughs> let's talk about the framing story, though, with Ricky. Because when, fir- when we get to Ricky, he's he's already in, in the mental asylum. He's he's talking to Dr. Bloom. Well, they're, they're taking notes from Halloween. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. And... You know, I do think that having him go back to tell a story makes sense. I think they probably could have just done a quick summary of Silent Night, Deadly Night, and, and then, then have move, him move do forward, and then have him do more stuff as an adult, right? Exactly, and show him doing because different, not just like the few kills that he had, well, but like showing more about like what was his life as like in you know being adopted with these parents like he says it's okay but like you could show more like did he you know show like like classic case of being a sociopath and like i was torturing animals too cuz right. made me feel good and yeah we're honestly missing a lot of stuff from Ricky's life we did, they just show us snippets of him doing bad things yeah uh naughty things and um yeah i would like to see more with that uh i think some of the the best scenes occur when he's like a kid, uh, like the nun scene where it just seems to happen out of nowhere. He's getting freaked out by seeing a couple of nuns walk down the street while his mom's talking to a woman and pretty much brushing him off. Like Ricky, knock it off. I know. I, knock it off, Ricky. I got shit to do. I know. She's like, I honestly don't know what is wrong with him. And I love the, and then, but, in this no, film. but only that though, when they, she, cause then they drape the red curtain over like the a chair, a chair. a chair. Yeah. There's whatever. And he's freaking out, and then she looks at that, and she says, "Like, oh, she knows oh. exactly. She knows yeah, I know. exactly like, where I know. the red. I know, like the the red velvet. Like she thinks he's a bull. But that's, it, what, that's <laughs> what it is. But not only that, they then her and her husband go to the fucking orphanarium to be like, yo, our kid's broken. What you didn't fucking tell us about that's, this? That's pretty much the. And so it's like the connotation. Wait, so it's like, that. wait, 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 wait. You're telling me you understood, like you say, like when you're talking to like the nun, like he was having a seizure. You should have seen it in his eyes, but you were acting like the way you acted when you like held him was like you knew that story. Like, oh yeah, right. his parents were killed by Santa, and then his brother went <laughs> psycho as Santa and killed people, and now he's having a flash, you know, a Vietnam flashback. 
nope, next scene, our kid's broken, what the hell is, you know. Yeah, what? I love that. I love that. It's like going to, at this time, probably like Radio Shack and being like, my radio's broken, I wanted to return it. Can't believe you gave it to me this way. Or my Black Christmas D- Blu-rays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Blu-ray.com forums. <laughs> um, so, I yeah, I gotta laugh at the parents, though. Because that is a priceless scene of him sitting outside then the not door. Only that, yeah, not only that, doors wide open. They're having this conversation. Like, we're scared that he was having a seizure. What the fuck's going on? And the nun's like, he'll be okay. He just needs a good old... He's literally, like, door wide open, sitting, like, right outside the door. And then the dad's just like, well, I should spend some time. <laughs> I want to go spend, spend some, some time, time with Ricky. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good parenting. Oh, my God. It's just like... <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that the the whole thing here is that the writing took four people to to get the story straight, <laughs> and it clearly shows because there are a lot of odd stylistic choices in this film, a lot of There's really lot of, terrible writing, a lot of bad choices all around. Bad choices all around. <laughs> I am not exactly sure uh, if Lee Harry was ready to direct this film. <laughs> Pretty much Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 is his only film. He did do one other film that I don't know of, and I I don't think anybody else has really heard of it either. But this film was his first. And he does not seem to have a, a handle on directing at all. I don't know what he was trying to get out of Eric Freeman as Ricky, but what we got so was co- a demented... My question... <laughs> And very, I mean, demented not so much in the, like, this character, I can believe this. You know, I believe he's crazy. But in a, like, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to do whatever I'm doing. almost feel like at a time, like, Christian Bale, when he was getting ready to make American Psycho, was sat down like, I could do that, except better. Yeah. Yeah, because, like... There's really, there's no consistency with Eric Freeman at all. He's, like, really going off the walls in every direction. And not only that, but not only that like, again, like you were saying, it's like, I want to know, like, was he told? To, or, right, exactly. Or was he just doing it? Like, you're doing great, Eric. You're doing a great yeah. job. I mean, That's why I asked you, like, did some Italian guy direct this? Because they're probably like, yeah, no, it's good. We're only, we only got time for one take, and that's it. And that's all the money we got. Just fucking shoot it and go. That's right. I mean, he had he didn't have a a lot of roles as an actor, and he had a couple roles. Uh, a lot of times, he was like just like a, a stand-in or an extra. Um, so it's really hard to tell. But I do know that he's avoided pretty much all publicity for Silent Night, Deadly Night Two. So I'm I'm assuming he's not completely happy with how he how he portrayed Ricky in this film. Not completely happy. But you you gotta admire. The gusto with which he he goes for it because he he's energetic he's entertaining to watch I gotta give him that I gotta give him credit. Apparently, IMDb lists as a trivia item that his eyebrows uh, go up and down 130 times. And he, boy, does his uh, he yeah the facial expressions the facial expressions are amazing. I literally I love the one scene when the doctor's just talking and taking notes, and all of a sudden you see Ricky come in from the right side of the camera, like, like he's like, "What's going on, Doc? What are you writing down? Ooh, red car! Exclamation point! That must be something important." <laughs> and then it's like pulls his head away. It's like, 
Yeah, I don't really know if that was like a. You know, I think that had, that like that had to have been framed. Yeah, like I mean, the, the, the director had to have been like, "Okay, Ricky, I want you to, yeah, want you to come, you know, <laughs> yeah, I want you to be real close to his ear, I, yeah, because the shot's close, you know, close up on, yeah, the dog." So it, I, it's hard to say though. Like I think that probably Freeman was was told to be like that because, like, even his. His vocal effect is really like up and down. Yeah, up and down, like really unnecessary, unnecessarily deep, and like I don't know, Doc. Like he's mimicking, you know, what he's seen in action movies, as like how the heroes talk, how how you know, like Man. Chuck Norris would talk. And uh, I don't know. It's just a it's just a very crazy experience all around. And I mean, I do love it. It, it I think it's probably one of the the best. Parts of Silent Night Deadly Night too. If you have, if you didn't have that, you would just have a and really that, bland movie. And not only that, the glee, yeah, the sheer glee and joy in the how his voice gets like nasally and high pitched when he's like about to do something like violent, like I, yeah, like like in the like intro clip, garbage day. <laughs> just his face, his body, his voice. Oh, it's like perfect. I know it's it's amazing, and it's no wonder that that became a meme garbage day on the internet it 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 lends itself i don't know though i think the funnier part of that scene is what you mentioned before where a guy just randomly runs out in a in a football jersey out of his house holding like a box he's like what the hell's going on out here and he just gets shot and and, yeah and ricky just fucking no shits given just (laughs) shoots him and it looks like it's pretty far away too yeah, it looks like it's no, That's another thing I was noticing. I'm like, man, for a guy that probably has never fired a, gu- a yeah. handgun in his life, he's a goddamn good... Like, just, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, he must have went down to the circus as a boy. Like, you know, like the little, like, you know, pop, oh, yeah, pop the shooting gun. range yeah. there. Take- yeah. I, it's, it's a good shot. And, and that whole scene is probably where this film shines. I think it's one of the funniest <laughs> moments. I haven't I haven't laughed that hard in, in a while in a film. So it's... You know, it's obviously unintentionally campy. I don't really think that... I don't know. The whole shooting the front end of the car and then it flips over. And then as soon as it flips back on its wheels, it explodes. Somebody, like, didn't sit there and think, Oh, people are going to take that serious. Like, no, that'd be cool and funny. I don't know. I don't... I, I honestly can't believe anybody would be that naive to think, like... Yeah, yeah, that would be... You know, people take that serious. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving them too much benefit of the doubt yeah, on that. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's really hard to tell because there's a lot of stuff like that uh, in this film that it's just like, would normal people react to that this way? <laughs> um, like the one scene where Ricky just, you know, he witnesses a rape or well, an attempted rape. Uh, and then he goes and runs the guy over with his car like multiple times. And then a woman just walks up to him and is like, thank you. And just walks away. It's like, No. You're not going to say thank you in that because you were the last person that he was probably seen with. People are like, yeah, he was out with his, his girlfriend. Mm. And then you're number one suspect for the cops, for one thing. But no one's really thinking of, like, the consequences of their actions in this film. And apparently in 1987, it was cool, like, a woman says, no, well, she's going to anyway. Rip the shirt off and uh, just go to a, town. Well, there's a lot of people that would say that. That's right. Today. That's right. Um... No, the whole best part about that whole scene is the dude's pickup line with her. He's like, literally, yeah, they're in the middle of fucking buttfuck nowhere in the boonies of the woods having some picnic. 
I don't know what beer he was drinking. Tell. Wasn't watched... no, wasn't no Modelo Negro, which yeah. I, I only bring that up because I'm kind of interested in trying that because I see I've been seeing commercials of it mm. like a shit ton everywhere now. I'm like, I didn't know this is apparently a big thing now, Modelo Negro. But anywho, they're having a little picnic out there, lying down. And he's like looking in her eyes, and he's like, "Man, you're gonna need a new shirt." She's like, "Why?" And he's like, "Cause I like you." Yeah, you said, that, yeah, basically. That's but, his, like, pickup. And she's like, huh. I think he meant that, I think what he's saying is, I'm going to fucking rip the your blouse right off. Or I'm going to blow a load on you. Yeah, or maybe. I'm going to blow a load right on your... That's not the only shirt-related incident, though. Because in the other scene where Ricky's where the, Ricky and his girlfriend are at the movie theaters and, and his, uh, his girlfriend's ex-boyfriend pops up, she says, you ruined my sweater. Would he blow a load on her sweater, too? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the <laughs> implications there, I guess, or else he bombed on it, but, it, you know, it, yeah, like, that's all right, the right, only right, shirt. All right, yeah, like, all right, yeah, no, hold on, I'm gonna, okay, you're gonna need a new shirt. Why? Well, they don't have a tight stick now, so, and I don't really want to come on your face, or your ass, or your tits, just right in the cleavage, so I'm gonna rip open the buttons, so I'm gonna rip some buttons off. Blow a load right in your cleavage and on your shirt because I want the shirt still on. No tight stick for you. You're gonna have to buy yourself a new cream colored t shirt. <laughs> well, Button up or you're, plus you're, or you're creamed on it, so yeah. just more color. I don't know. It's no. just it's just fucking funny. Yeah, it is. It's just it like, is. and not only that, he looks like such a fucking clod. Like, which which one? The guy? both of them. Yeah, yeah I mean, he pretty lo- much every guy that's not Ricky, and even Ricky kind of. No, Ricky looks amazing, dude. Ricky looks like he could have been like NWA champion of the world. He like, does, yeah, or WWF champion at the time. Like Vince McMahon would have saw him. Like, He's ripped. He's beautiful. Give him the belt. <laughs> Rumor has it that for this part, all he had to do was rip a phone book in half, which he did. <laughs> and, and Lee Harry was like, "You've got the part." We got somebody else who's actually a talented actor, you know. Yeah. To play this part. Uh, no, the man looks like, you know... you A could... brick shithouse. Yeah. He's huge. His, his pecs are ginormous. They're almost as big as his girlfriend's. Tits, it... and, you, and you get yeah. to see her, you know, because they're, like, showing them, like, passionate lovemaking. And by passionate lovemaking, I mean, they're literally just, like... On t- like on top of each other, and they and, got and, and they got and they got like a vertical shot of them laying on top of each other. While Ricky works his hands down to her ass, and, but there's, there's yeah, no mo- no moving or anything. It's like two boards just like. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, two boards playing Jenga. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah the, but the eighties, man. What a wonderful time to be alive. That's right. How do you have? Oh, you just lie there. No, that his. I'm impressed though. I'm impressed by his pecs. Like, he, there's a scene where he's wearing a tight white T-shirt, and it looks like he's gonna bust out Hulk style in that just by putting a bag of garbage in the garbage bin. Yeah, he's wearing like the yeah when he was uh the dishwasher. He's got like the tight white pants and the tight white shirt. Yeah, no, he looked like. Yeah, no, he's about to really throw down. He's gonna rip that shirt out. But yeah, everybody else besides Ricky is kind of a, a douchebag character. Uh, one of the guys, uh, which is his his girlfriend's uh, ex boyfriend, he has the most ridiculous blonde dyed haircut that I've ever seen. He, like I said, he looks like flock of seagulls. Bad. Not only that, you know. Actually, now that I think about it, I said I said at the time that he looked like some low rent fucking henchman that would show up in one episode of like fucking Fist of the North Star before Ken, like Kenshiro like fucking. 
dots him, Punched him away. 12 times and just makes him explode because he hits, like, you know, his wife. You know what else he looks like? He looks like a blonde-haired fucking Kuwabara. Yeah? And he looks like that fucking claw. I'm just waiting for, like, Chris Sabat to be like, You're a messy! <laughs> <laughs> yep. Use my spirit sword, you're a messy! <laughs> no, Kuwabara's awesome. This guy's, like, literally... Yeah. yeah, no, he looks like... Oh, God. And not only that, later on... <laughs> After he's done, okay, the the whole thing's like ridiculous because the scene where he shows up, they're at the movies. Ricky and his girlfriend are at the movies, and then he goes off because to kill a guy because he's being an asshole in the back. Which boy can't even? Everyone can relate to that. Some oh, asshole right. in the movie theater being an asshole, and you just you know kill them for being a lot like shut the hell up. Yeah. Well, Ricky goes to kill him, and this guy goes. This guy shows up and starts talking to her like, oh yeah, remember when I fucked you in the back of my car? And she's like, go away, leave me alone. No, he just keeps like, yeah, remember when I fucked you? <laughs> Basically, the conversation they have is literally five minutes long. And it's literally just like, I don't like you anymore, you're an asshole, go away. He's like, hey, remember when I fucked you? <laughs> and while this conversation's going on, they look over and see that his the chick that he's with now is like standing there it's like looking at him like what are you doing yeah what are you doing you're here with me and he's like oh I'll talk to you in a minute he's like remember when I fucked you and it's like he eventually goes back over to her and she's like oh what are you doing over there it's fucking stupid and then the next scene you see him like next to his fucking Mustang and like it's I mean, it's literally like he's in Greece, and he's one of the jocks. He's wearing a fucking white 50s Letterman sweater <laughs> and, like, tight khaki pants. But then he's also got his fucking flock of seagulls. Blonde and dyed. Dye hair with, like, green shit on the side. <laughs> just, oh, my God. And he's, yeah. And he just shows up there just so he can go to the fucking Ricky. Like, I fucked your girlfriend. Yeah. And then he kills him for it. Yeah, he does. <laughs> so and then he kills her for it. Well, cause she no, cause she does what everyone does in this. See, it's like, why did you do that? You're, you're either the one girl who's like, "Thank you," or yeah. you're, or you're, you're instantly like, "Why'd you do that? You're an idiot. I hate you. Go away." And they start like slapping them, and because so, the same thing happened in the first film, which yes. you do get the recap with this, like when this chick's about to get raped, and Billy kills the guy, like strangles him with a fucking like. Strand. Light strand. Yeah. She as soon as she, you know. Yeah, it's, she's, it's she's like right insta- after it. Yeah, yeah. instantaneous. She's like, you're an animal. I hate you. You're a monster. It's like it's understandable that like he you killed did, a man, yes. but but still, you were about to be raped. Yeah, yeah. No, no. The re the thing that she says that I think gets to you more is that she says something like, I. Like, why did you kill him? Or something like that. It's like, it's like, not that, not even that he killed him, but that, like, he shouldn't have killed him for whatever reason, because even though she was being raped, like, in some small way, she or, wanted it. Or, it's called foreplay. Yeah, right, exactly. That's what they call it in the 80s. Like, hey, I want to have sex. No, I'm, no, I don't want to have sex. I'm going to rip the shirt open, and like, yeah, just... And then, and then they're like, okay, <laughs> all right, yeah. Yeah, that, that became the fantasy for, like, every, like you know, potential rapist was like, well, maybe one time they'll like it. <laughs> Just makes me think like the video they had in like Britain of like what consent means. They're like, no means no. If you ask somebody for tea and they say no, you don't shove tea down their throat. <laughs> no means no. <laughs> so if you hear, if you ask somebody, would you like to have sex? If they say yes, you may have sex. 
If you say, would you like to have sex? And they say no, you do not continue to have sex. <laughs> because no means no. Well, the Brits are a lot better I mean, at understanding things than we are, I guess. So. It's just, just funny. It is. It's, it's great. One thing I will mention that really bothers me about Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, there's not a lot of Christmas in it. For a good chunk of the film, there is no Christmas. Well, now we they they had I think they had to, in the first five minutes, slap on just like like oh shit, people don't realize it's Christmas. So they had to, like slap on like when you see Saturday, December twenty fourth, date, date December twenty fourth. It's so it's so out of context. It's just just like it the, doesn't. It's like five minutes of the conversation Billy and not Billy Richie and the doctor are having. Yeah, Ricky. It, yeah, Ricky. Whatever. <laughs> Who the fuck cares? That's the correct answer. Yeah. Everybody's name in this film. You know, their name is who the fuck cares. It's not important. Most of their names are end in e. Billy, <laughs> Ricky, Henry. Mean why? Well, E, as in the E sound. Oh, Sister okay. Mary. I don't know why. Riddle me that, but... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do... Yeah, it's so weird. Most of this film does not take place during Christmas, except for the, the recap stuff, which and, obviously... And his killing spree. Mm-hmm. And his killing spree after he makes it out of the asylum, but it really bothers me that for a good chunk of this film, there is no Christmas... That's a, that's like, you're going to Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, and you're expecting, you're not expecting just any old shitty slasher, <laughs> you're expecting a Christmas shitty slasher. <laughs> and what don't you get for about half of it? Christmas! So you're just like left watching, with a shitty slasher. <laughs> like watching Halloween and it takes place on fucking... <laughs> it's like St. Patrick's Day or some shit like that. It's like, yeah. Or even with Halloween if they like... Really made no mention of it for a long period of time. Like, like, oh wait, it's Halloween. Yeah, like actually, it is Halloween. You know, <laughs> we totally forgot. <laughs> that bothers me because, and I've heard I haven't seen the rest in this series. Uh, like I haven't seen three, four, or five, or the remake for that matter. Um, but I know at least four uh, doesn't really have. I mean, it's set around the Christmas season, but like you wouldn't know it. Within the film itself, because like it has really nothing to do with Christmas at all. Like if I'm watching a Christmas horror movie, I I want there to be that Christmas presence. Krampus has it in spades, even though it's not even you know about like technically Christmas. It's about Krampus. Uh, I think it'd be pretty bad if Krampus didn't happen. Hey, taking place on the Fourth of July. Happy birthday, America! Krampus is coming because you didn't like America enough. That's right. Um, like, Black Christmas has a heavy Christmas presence. All of it, basically. Uh, Christmas Evil, huge Christmas presence. Even Silent Night, Deadly Night has a large Christmas presence in it. It's about a killer Santa Claus, after all. Um, but this one is really disappointing with the Christmas spirit. That, that gets to me. But, at the end of the film, there is that whole scene where, uh, ha- getting caught up in those E names again. Ricky escapes and he goes after his mother superior from the first film who, you know, kind of uh, made them into the the people, both Billy and Ricky really, into the people that they were, which is obsessed with like punishment and naughtiness. Um, In this case, I don't buy it very much that he would actually care enough about mother superior to go after her. First of all, she's not the one that killed 
Billy. But he's she's the one that made helped make Billy a bastard, basically. Yeah, and but you know he's punished Billy. Yeah, but even then, because, it, because instead of when Billy's drawing demented pictures of Santa killing people, instead of like, hey, let's what, what's wrong? She's like, he'll learn. <laughs> God will beat the living, you know, beat him into submission until he, he he knows his goddamn place. See, I would expect him to go after the cop more than anything. The cop that shot no, Billy. And that would make that would just, that would be rational, wouldn't? Yeah, I mean this. And the other thing is that Mother Superior in this film is not the same Mother Superior as the first film. So I believe that they added the makeup effects to her face to kind of distort the fact that she's not the one from the first film because other than other than that there's no explanation given for like why she has a you know they said she had a stroke that is not an explanation for why you have leprosy on your face (laughs) it hasn't been you should have like a third degree burn on half the side of your head like veins bulging out Mm. i honestly think they did that because they didn't have the same actress, and they were like, well, you know... That's where the budget went. That's right. And, and, that, and that one makeup effect. And, you know, because Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 is so... Um, it, it You know, it's, it's so close to that first film, you know, that they had to really, you know, make it so that it looked like the same Mother Superior was used again. Which you would notice, too, because they fucking showed recaps. <laughs> yeah, they show clear recaps that... Hey, you know, I don't think this Mother Superior looks or even has the same accent as that first one. Yeah. I don't know. That is funny. I think that the whole conclusion to this film is ridiculous and it doesn't work very well at all. It just sets up another it's, one. It's a pretty stupid <laughs> conclusion. Uh, but it at least gives the film some action that it needs in the in the present. Because most of this film just takes place in the past. So it doesn't really feel like it's going anywhere. To be honest, it doesn't feel like nothing really happened until the last 15 minutes. Right, exactly. It doesn't really... There's nothing to, like, keep the momentum going as a story. But that's the same thing, too. I feel like, if I'm remembering correctly from the first film, yeah, stuff happens along the way. But it honestly doesn't feel like anything meaningful happens until the last act. Yeah, pretty much, because he just kills a bunch of people. Yeah. And for no reason, really, he just kills anybody. And then, yeah, and then he revisits to go try to kill Mother Superior. It's the same plot, really. It's exactly the same thing. Um, Except in that case, there's at least some uh, meaningful scenes, like, in the middle, where it actually gives some characterization to Billy. Ricky, I don't even feel like gets much characterization. No. He doesn't really have anything going for him he's, as a character. He's just crazy. Yeah. There's nothing there. And, you know, God bless him, Eric Freeman does, you know, does bring the crazy. Well, yeah, nobody in this film really has a character. You know, you're right, because at least in the first Silent Night, Deadly Night, even, like, the side characters felt like... There was something, yeah. That, like, that you could, like, like... Although it's not like the greatest acting, like the people who like worked at the toy store, like the boss, like I loved him. He was great. Oh, uh, yeah, he was he was a great character. Just like he didn't really have much, but he was like he was great and how he was. And then you had Mother Superior, who was just you know bitchy, your stereotypical bitchy nun that scars children for life. And then you had the pat the nun who's like caring, like no, I wanna 
help. And yeah. these characters, like in the first film, for the most part, see, I can I can name them. I can remember them. That's right. I, like you said, in this film, who the fuck cares? Because nobody in this film has normal character traits. They're just either cardboard to be there or Eric Freeman going crazy. Yeah. What did you think of the uh, the violence in this one? It's all right. The it, body count. When well, when I saw it, when we saw on IMDb, that's twenty two. I thought that was kind of high. He's twenty three, and I do think that they're counting the original as well, the first one. Then, I think they're yeah. counting the recap. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like that. There's that many. Well, I think in the recap, if there's uh, if I had to sit here and count three. Four in the video, the toy store. Yep, that's four. So was, I, I'm up to seven now already. And the two kids, so that's nine. The guy and the girl. Guy got those. I, I recounted those. Uh, and the cop. Um, that's So I, I count nine. So Yeah, no, I had to include that then. Yeah, plus the uh, Santa Claus murder. So that's 11. His parents. Yeah, the parents. That's what I mean. The 11. So, yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. That There's probably about 23 altogether, and a lot of them do come from the original. Um, no, I thought, like, the violence... It's a, lo- a lot of it's off-screen again. Yeah, I, I... It's not, like, titillating. No. I mean... Like, the, the one murder where he runs over the guy, that's shown from a distance you don't really get to see <laughs> and funny it is funny you know what? it made me think of jeepers creepers when they like back him over oh yeah multiple like, times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um it doesn't help the effects are, aren't good no but i mean there's no budget to this film so the beheadings are hilarious are really you, you can tell yeah like that's not his head rolling down yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's no, like, blood. There's no blood either. No, so, there's no blood. When you had Mother Superior's head fall off at the end, there's no blood. It's just blop. You know, yeah. what do you do? Like, oh, he, like, he embalmed the body, too, so, it, you know. It wouldn't bleed at all. <laughs> but. I don't think, yeah, there's nothing to write home about here with the violence and gore. Um, honestly, I think that the first film does it a little bit better. I would say, Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't think the violence. I think it's the react, like the reaction you get from Ricky when he does commit the violent acts is what makes it good. Yeah, because it's hilarious. As I said, he has such joy when he's doing it; like he's just enjoying every single second. And so, like him going naughty. Like it's just like the first f- film, which is like not. Except I think it's funnier when he does he does it. Yeah, because you know? he's got more of the campiness to him. Enjo- like, yeah, enjoy about it. Where in the first film, uh, Billy was just naughty. Yeah, naughty. Um, yeah. Then it, besides those, you also have like you know garbage day. <laughs> That's true. It's great too. When he's just walking down the road, and then you see like the cops, like a, like a barricade set up, and they're getting ready like to shoot him, like drop your weapon. And they're getting ready to kill him for you know kill him for being a fucking psycho. And then he turns the gun on himself to try, try to shoot himself, and then all of a sudden, like, no, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. You have so much to live for. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, don't um, be a fool. I know it's fucking great. Yeah. Oh god. 
I will uh, say I like the soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack's pretty good. I mean, it's not really memorable, but I do like the fact it's kind of like this nice little weird mix of like synth and bellish and, stuff and like Christmas bells. Yeah, it's like they're like, man, we gotta like somehow try to copy Halloween, and they did a really oh bad, yeah yeah did yeah. a really bad job on that Halloween copy synth job because you can tell like a lot of this like stings from our you yeah. know trying to be very yeah. reminiscent of that. And that's why I kind of like it because it's like it's like it's quirky. It's, I mean, it's not memorable. I'm not gonna be like whistling, you know. Yeah. But anything else you got for Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two? Because uh, that pretty much, I mean, I think that brings us to the end of it. There's not a whole lot else that we can unpack from this admittedly complicated film about a, another killer Santa. <laughs> Just makes me think, like, how many. How do, you, how do you stretch this out? Well, I'll be honest with you. The next, I don't think the rest of the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise has a killer Santa, if I'm remembering correctly. I know that Silent Night, Deadly Night Five has like killer toys. Um, so they go, they go the Halloween Three route then. Actually, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Four begins that because. It's about witches rather than a killer Santa. I I think maybe Silent Night 3 does have a killer Santa. But it's also about a psychic. So, a very limited... So, they they definitely get crazier as they continue on. Yeah, definitely. But I think we'll probably do those sequels next year. Like, you know, we'll do another sequel next year. Do Silent Night, Deadly Night 3 next year. If we're still around. (laughs) Hit that Patreon account. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, but... Okay, so... Out of... uh, Five... No, ten. I always do ten. I don't know why I said five there. Out of ten... And what do I want to do it out of? Garbage days. Yeah, out of ten garbage cans, what would you give... Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. I'd probably... Probably give it a 6. That high? Really? I think that... That's surprising to me. I I think... And that's... And I think it's mainly because of the fun factor. I don't... To be honest with you, if I had, like, rate it, like... Just as a film, it's... No, it's like... It's it's a 4. Yeah. And close to a 3. Um, but I think, like, like Troll 2, which we reviewed. Yep. Um, it's like episode 15 or something like that. Uh, 12. That no. Was, that tw- was, yeah, it was before. Uh, it wasn't 12, because was that was Black that, Christmas. Well, it was 11, though. It could have right, been 11. Yeah, it was right before it. Tr- uh, 11, yep, yep. Troll 2. Um, which I probably gave, like, Troll 2, like, a 4 or 3. Like, because it's bad, but it's funny. I, no, I, I, I'll give it a 6 just because... I, I think the fun factor, just how campy it is. I don't I, even remember what you gave Silent Night, Deadly Night, so it's it would be interesting to see what you gave I almost one. feel like I probably gave it a five. Yeah. I feel like I probably gave it a five. I'll have I'll probably I'll probably will go back and listen just to see like what I said. But I mean no, like I said, if I'm being realistic, no, the film's not worth the six. Uh-huh. It's more of a th- four very low four. Um but I, I just think it, just Eric Freeman's delightful in he this. He is, yeah. He, just how over the top he is. And 
just he's and again like everyone in this film's over the top. So that's what like it's great. Again, it's like Troll Two where everyone is just doing doing whatever. Just you know, mm-hmm. they're eating her, and now they yeah, it's, it's li- the same thing here. So I yeah, I I would probably I would watch this again. I think this has got a lot more camp value to it than the first one. I think yeah. the first one's a better overall film, but I, I think I enjoy this one more just be, because of how it's in that great category of it's so bad it's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I, pro- I, I probably wouldn't be as generous. I'd probably give it a five and a half. I would say. Um, I do think I still think it's really it's a fun movie. Um, some of the like. I could do without the whole recap, so I think that really weighs it down a little bit. Like I said before... I would tolerate that recap if they had Warm Side of the Door. Yeah. That, uh, this could be a two-hour film, and an hour and a half of it be literally the same film, Silent Night, Deadly Night, but then with like 30 minutes of new footage. I'd be like, masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, like I said before, the Christmas part of it... I'm upset about that. I don't get it. So. I can't. I can't give it points for that for skipping out on christmas um and yeah and as a film itself it's not not good at all so but i would i would really be interested in hearing eric freeman's thoughts on it now maybe we'll have to like i will have to try to search him out see if we can get like an interview get him in, get him on look I, look I admire i admire he did it yeah i mean it's like i say the thing with like the troll 2 cast like look like that, I think that like I get pissed off pretty easily at t- times, as you know. Um, I think though, if I was ever involved in something like that, and people are like, "Wow, you know," like you kind of like you just have to be like, "Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I was." I did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some people embrace it. Some that, people. That was a pro- that was a problem with me for like a like, half my life was like getting pissed off. Like so, people get the reaction. Now it's like eh, eh, whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, some people maybe maybe it, maybe some he ha- maybe he has, but I mean, again, the film isn't as big. It's not like Troll Two big. They're not making. No. They're not running out making a documentary about this film. Eh, you never know. They- I mean, I would watch it. I would love to know. Like yeah. they're talking about, like so. This is why we included almost forty minutes of the first film. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. Like kind of the backstory behind it. I would love to know, like what the reasoning was behind everything that they decided to do that'd be that would be great um i would love to see somebody release this as like a like a a special edition blu-ray because they did do the first one on blu-ray um so i'd love to see them do like you know one of the big companies like arrow video or scream factory or or something like that get the right shady factory shady factory we keep referencing the black christmas fiasco that Scream Factory has found themselves in embroiled in right now, um, but I would like to see you know them at least. I'm surprised do something with this. I mean, I'm surprised it's not just because almost everything these days you can find. Yeah, I mean they're they're really going. They've got to dig deep now because they've done a lot of like the regular. No, I know, but it's like that. It's like just I think the way like now with like the internet because if like hey. If someone's not selling it, someone's going to watch it on the internet. Mm-hmm. So, even if the market for making, you know, like, say, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 on DVD or Blu-ray is small, 
You still can make money off of it. Not, probably not a lot, but you'll still make money, and that's what counts. Because it's not like making Blu-rays are expensive anymore. Yes and no. The special features part of it is, and the remastering okay. is, but the... Well, I'm not saying you have to go balls out on it. I mean, you just... If you don't, you've seen what happened with Black Christmas and Blu-ray.com. Just re- you just release it like... You know, like Fan, normal, fans are nuts. Well, you know what? Then that. I'd hate to see that a lot of those people be like anime fans because most anime DVDs and Blu-rays are bare fucking minimum. They probably are, and they probably do, bitch. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, like out of like all the anime DVDs and like Blu-rays I own, the only one that has like detailed like liner notes and like commentary track, like commentary tracks, is like for Lupin, for Discotex releases of Lupin. They put. Like, for the first Lupin series, I think I told you, that set has detailed liner notes of each episode, what the production was like. Yeah. And then they have, like, a section where they detail every gun that was in the show and, like, what model and stuff and what every car that was in the show because it's really nifty because, like, for the time, how much detail they put into, like, the mechanics of how things work and the cars. It's very detailed for 1971. So they have all that. And they have commentary tracks from people who podcast about Lupin doing commentary about, like, talking about the episodes. And then they put on not just the theatrical released pilot film, but the TV released pilot film. Mm. No other, like, and this is like my plug for discotech not getting paid. I'm just a fan. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, like, if you're, I, I, I just love to, I would just love to see them buy, like, I'm going to, like, oh. It's like, oh, you like Gundam and you want to buy a new Gundam Blu-rays? Well, it's $80 for two episodes. Yeah. It'll yeah. take you about half your car payment to uh, <laughs> buy Reconquista G. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck! Yeah, I mean, just getting into the Black Christmas thing a little bit, is that, you know, the Black Christmas Blu-ray that Screen Factory released and did a great collector's edition um, release of it on Blu-ray uh, with a nice 2K scan of the film, which looks pretty much the best that it has looked and probably will look. Um, even though it's heavier on the grain side, it still looks really great. Um, it did have a problematic mono track on it. And the mono track isn't even the main track on this Blu-ray. It is the most authentic track to the film because it is the original soundtrack. Um, the 5.1 soundtrack that's included on the Blu-ray as the main track actually has a revisionist um, soundtrack on it where yeah. they added sound effects and things like that. Yeah, but at the same time, though, you're watching it in Blu-ray, so they had to upscale and, you know, modify the picture. They did. So you're not watching the original the picture in its original form. If you wanted to watch it in its original form, go track down like a fucking 8 millimeter. Yeah. Somebody did argue that it's 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 it is funny. It's it's a little different. I mean, like I can understand, like it, like okay, like if you had like I can understand, like if you got upset, like oh, they add this unnecessary sound effect for like when this guy got like his head just split open. Well, that's what they say. They say that, that would in be five point one. That there's a weird sound effect where when Barb gets stabbed, it sounds like them stabbing a watermelon. I don't hear it myself. And they said that also the door sound effects sound strange again. I've only I had only seen those the Black are, Christmas. Those are like 
That would be like to be like nitpicky. That's not it like, is nitpicky. That, that's not like, I don't notice it that that's much. That's not like going back and people bitching about me being one of them bitching about like with the Star Wars films, like Han shot first, not Greedo. You son, of, you know that's different. That's changing the whole framing of the scene. Well, the other thing that bothers them too, which I do understand, is that the original track is a lot quieter. Uh, the sound is a lot quieter than the mono or the the five point one surround sound, and I, I do understand that. That is that's a I mean it's a legitimate thing because it does change the effect of some of the scenes. Because it is a quiet film. It is a quiet film, but uh, at the same time, the five point one has become the main soundtrack, really, and the mono is is difficult to find for one thing, and. It's not something that most people are going to listen to simply because it's not an updated version of sound, of the audio. They're used to hearing surround sound. They're used to hearing stereo. stereo. Mono is just not going to be for most regular people. Is anyone listening to sound, you know, through just one speaker? No. No. Your right. t- no TV like me today has yeah. like one speaker just jacking out the... Just if you have like a sound bar, it, it's, it can. But, you know, so but the, the, the thing is, so the, the mono track had a sibilance issue where it would hiss every time you heard an S sound. It definitely is a problem. It's a pro- I, I will agree. In my review, I wrote that it was a problem. It's, it, it is hard to listen to. It, is it unlistenable? No, I don't think so. I don't find it unlistenable, but I do think it's a problem. But at the same time, we have to remember, this film was made in 1974. The film's soundtrack was not kept in a pristine condition, locked away in some vault, airless vault, where the elements couldn't get to it. Scream is claiming they got an optical track for this mono track. It had dirt and dust particles on it. It was damaged. They did it because the fans wanted a lossless mono track. And that if that comes with a hiss, it comes with a hiss. I don't really see that they could do anything with it. People think that maybe they could have like put a de-esser on it, like on in digital audio. I don't know. I'm not an audio technician, but I know from experience with podcasting that it is not easy to just remove a sound from your without losing a lot more detail in the process. And not only that, doing it for the whole fucking right. film. I just don't. I don't know if it was if that was a the feasible, fix yeah. that they could do. And it seems like because they're doing a replacement with a different mono track that they use, which is lossy, that it was not a fix they could do. So I think that in this case, Scream was trying to cater to fans. They were giving them a lossless mono track, even though it did have some issues. And because people complained, they got fucked on it. Cause, and now they're going to end up paying for it, basically, because they have to send out replacements. And then now, even though they got fucked on it and they're still replacing them, people are still not happy because they're still claiming that they could have released the lossless track without the hissing. Can't have it both ways pisses me off it just pisses me off it's you know that is a nitpicky thing that is just it you know deal with it your life is not going to end because of this the other thing that's going on right now and this is getting way off topic for silent night Deadly, but it's a good thing it's at the end of the episode so people cut out if they want whatever um, i think this is interesting it, it is interesting is um another release uh uh, distributor, which is a very small distributor for horror, uh, pretty much a one-man operation, Scorpion releasing, they released Don't Go in the House, and their Don't Go in the House Blu-ray has a um, somewhat censored audio track. So there's a couple scenes where um, 
swear words are cut out of the film and replaced with a different word. Mm. And people are bitching about that too. They're very upset, which it's a weird thing to have because the film is very graphic. It's like, it's, it's, it's a very, um, dreary and like kind of grindhousey film. Um, and so it's a weird thing to have like a couple censored words here in the soundtrack, wherein the picture is like very violent and Mm -hmm. gritty and kind of gross sometimes. Um, it's a weird problem, but at the same time, these these have already been shipped. They're it's done. You know, this has been released. Yeah, it you know it's a mistake. It's a very very small mistake. It, a couple words mistake. That's the the amount of mistake it is. But people are still pissed at that, and it doesn't make sense to me. Because if you love the film that much, if you love film, you love horror, you'll deal with a couple words missing from that audio track. Just I can I mean I can see both sides, but like I think. I don't know. I might have like a different like threshold for. I think. Well, like, like, like it's not just me. Everyone's got a different threshold for. For what me, the... I'm not that picky. I can say that. I'm not that picky. Yeah. It's it's just it, I don't know. It just seems a little bit like people just are never going to be happy. They're never going to be happy with it. So I think in this case, some companies are going to just say, "Why the fuck are we trying?" You know, stop. Yeah, right. Exactly, and just and just be like, yeah, never mind. You know, we're not going to release these really like niche, n- yeah, yeah, niche, niche yeah. Uh, films. We're just going to not do it. I get that. I totally get that. Um, I know that's like with like the anime. That's why I'm like happy. Like yeah, you know, yeah, things that like things that you would things, normally get. Like like some people are doing it. Yeah, like all the Lupin stuff now. The discotheques pumping out the right stuff. Now has been pumping out. Gundams that haven't been released here, like Victory and After War and Turn A. It's like, oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody did buy the rights a year ago to Legend of the Galactic Heroes, like my favorite anime of all time. We're great right up there with Cowboy Bebop. Still have, doesn't have a release date, but it's like I didn't think in a million years that would ever get licensed. Yeah, got licensed, so it's you know, it's it's cool. I do appreciate that they're releasing these things, but we need to stop being so nitpicky about them, or else they're just gonna not do it anymore because they'll never win. So, I get it, but and I totally get the Black Christmas error. It is a problem, not for me, but for other people. But I think it got out of hand. So that's all I'll say about that because I've been going on about it for a while now with, with my Facebook and stuff like that. Anything else you want to add before we end this this podcast episode? No. We will be back next week with Christmas vacation, right? Yeah. We're doing Christmas Vacation finally. This has been a year coming. One of our, our some of our earliest episodes were the the Vacation series, and we had talked about doing Christmas Vacation during that time, and we just never got around to it. So, well, we were going to save it. Yeah, we were saving it for Christmas because we didn't do we start like started vacate the Vacation series um like early fall. Yeah. So, but we never got around to the Christmas Vacation. So we're going to do it this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. I love Christmas Vacation. Watch it every year. Sometimes more than once a year. And uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So tune in next week. We'll be back with Christmas Vacation. And then after that, our Festivus series continues, even though Christmas will be over with. We'll be doing one other movie that we haven't announced yet. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a Christmas treat. It's uh, not your normal Christmas movie. I consider it a Christmas movie. Some people may not. I think it's a Christmas movie. I think it is. But 
I could see how some people would not take it that way. But they're wrong. Should we give a hint? trying to think of a hint that one not an obvious one yeah you don't want to go the name of the place or yeah why don't we say that it's spawned three sequels i'm right four four sequels four yeah Now I've got to think about it. No, it's four. Yeah, it's four. It's four. Spawn four sequels. Lethal Weapon! (laughs) That's not a Christmas movie. Is it? I don't think. I don't think it is. No. Uh, So it's the the film that we're not announcing yet has spawned four sequels. So you can always tweet us and take a guess as to what you think we're going to be covering. Could it be Home Alone? It could be Home Alone, <laughs> but I think that one's... Or, has that one spawned five sequels at this time? I don't think there is a Home Alone 5, to be honest with you. I think it may... I think... I gotta look it up now. Yeah, there is a Home Alone 5. Yeah, isn't that the one with Malcolm McDowell? Yeah, the Holiday Heist is, yeah. So, it could be Home Alone, but I think we just revealed that it's not, but uh, it could be. But, uh, no, uh, this it has spawned four sequels, and it is the first in this, in this series, so. Anyway, it's time for some administrative duties. As, I, as we announced before, we are now part of the ACE Podcast Network. Please uh, go check out their website and check out all the other podcasts in that uh, network. Um, also, you can find us on... Uh, iTunes, as always, uh, it's probably the most common place for people to listen. We appreciate any downloads, subscriptions, and any five-star reviews that you can give us. We're on SoundCloud. That's where our episodes head up first. Uh, you can follow us on there, comment on our episodes. We appreciate that. We're on Twitter, Blood and Black Rum Podcast. No, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. Blood and Black Rum um, there doesn't take that many characters. Um, we, uh, I do that sometimes. Martin's supposed to take over, but he hasn't yet. Uh, but we, uh, we appreciate any follows and, uh, retweets of our episodes because they do post them up there every time they go up. We have a website, bloodandblackrumpodcast.wordpress.com. Um, uh, that's, we just post our episodes there. So it's kind of a, a place to, um, keep everything in order. We have a Facebook page, um, Obviously, Blood and Black Rum Podcast. You can like us on there, send us a message, comment on our posts. And we also have an email, bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. Send us any movie suggestions. Obviously, we'll get to them after the holiday season when we don't have a a series going on. Uh, But we appreciate any nice comments and and any suggestions that you have for us as well. Thanks for listening to us. We'll be back next week uh, to continue our Festivus series with Christmas Vacation. We appreciate you listening to us. So take care. Take care.